What will it take to conserve 10 billion acres of ocean, 1.6 billion acres of land, and over 600,000 miles of river? What will it take to protect and restore natural habitats in over 70 countries around the world and in all 50 states here at home? What will it take? You. Together, we will make it happen. It's in our nature. See how your gift can help at nature.org. The Nature Conservancy. Protecting nature, preserving life. Science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. So you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. Don't miss our weekend special. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed plus special financing ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. You're listening to the Face Bay Network. <laughs> Nothing's going your way, you've had a bad day, it's good to keep it simple. Michelle and Seth say take a deep breath from fade to gray, it's mental. Today we are going to address the question, did God deconstruct? But I'm sitting here today with my friend Michelle. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. We're, on, we're on the same boat. <laughs> we're in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, it's uh whew, it has been a week, my friend. But let's first check in. How are you doing, Michelle? Oh no, no, no. You get to go first. Oh. Oh, because you gave me shit on Facebook earlier today about not doing the mental minute. So you get to go first. <laughs> I did give a, I did give a little thing today about. Well, you you were pushed, but you were pushed, but I'll give you that. But <laughs> I was pushed a little bit, but it was definitely <laughs> happening. It's a real thing. <laughs> I'm doing okay. I've had a little bit of a tough week, just in regards to work. I've had a tough class. It's the same class I had last week. Um, that you know, again, it's a two week training, so. Um, it's just a continuation. It, it's been challenging. It, it's really kind of challenged some of my training skills and some of the things I'm confident in. But I'm, I, you know, um, it's just part of the job and and part of what I got myself into. Uh, but it's it's not easy, and so it's just kind of been a stressful yeah. week, you know, in that regard. But personally, I'm, I'm doing great. It's just you know, it's just been a stressful week. Okay, okay. Having a stressful yeah. week at work does that make you? doubt your ability or I mean because you've shared before that that was a problem so um or is it more the people you're working with it this time around it's more the people I'm working with the in fact the curriculum I taught the last two weeks I feel 100% confident in so it's actually my favorite class to teach so if we're talking like confidence and like the subject matter and what I'm doing I feel very confident there um, okay. It's more in regards to just kind of, um, we all have different skills and we just have to try to learn how to mold that within the job. And, and part of my role is to help people do that. Right. Um, and so, you know, people are at different levels and so you just kind of have to, to work with it. Yeah. I know. It can be demoralizing though, if you feel like it's not coming through the way you want it to, or it's not being received well, or 
you know. Yeah, that's been yeah, that's been a little something I've been I kind of been dealing with, yeah. you know. But it is what it yeah. is. Life happens. It definitely does. <laughs> but that's really all I got. That's so, all you have. So really, nothing that's fun. That's really this all time? I got. Nothing fun. It's not near as exciting as last time. Uh, no golf clubs have been oh, thrown. Oh, well, that's what's missing. No, you haven't thrown any golf clubs. No religious fights. <laughs> well, so you've been, you haven't been on Facebook then. <laughs> I've been trying to avoid Facebook. <laughs> oh. I've been spending most of my time on uh, on TikTok. Oh, TikTok's Lord. far more entertaining. <laughs> it's far more entertaining than Facebook. Let me just know. say. I'm showing uh, my age because I just have no interest in TikTok. Oh, come on. I can barely manage Snapchats. <laughs> Snapchat's not that hard. Somebody explain to me why everything freaking disappears off of Snapchat. <laughs> well, it's made... Oh, let me rephrase. Somebody explain to me why some things disappear off Snapchat and other things do not. Because you get to choose it. Okay. How, okay. See, I need a class. I mean, honestly, that app annoys the shit out of me. Does it? Because so, I, I never know what's going to stick and what's not. <laughs> well, just, just hit on the thing and hold it and say forever time or whatever. It's easy. Oh. It's all right. Hard. I didn't know I it's could do that. Setting. And we have a whole Snapchat group, my family, all my kids and their husbands and wives and my husband and I and everything. And and so everybody is posting in there all the time, all their little stuff that's going on, you know. And there'll be video after video after video of, you know, some big event or something. And for the longest time, I was like, oh, my God, I don't need to know all of this. How do I get – I can't go to the next thing. Until somebody showed me I could just hit the screen, so – and I'm not outing myself because my kids never listen to any of the shit I do anyway. So, I mean, I'd have to beg. So oh, <laughs> I'm not worried about any of them hearing it. <laughs> I Would you have to beg? Really? Uh, I think one of my daughters has listened to this podcast because we got to just talking about deconstruction. And so she was very interested in the subject matter. So I said, oh, well, we've been talking about it on this podcast. So, uh-oh, what went loud? Nothing. My apologies. Oh my I made a mis- I made scared a mistake. Me. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. It startled me. I didn't mean It's to. like the music at the beginning when that comes on. I'm, I'm still always startled like, oh God. So, what's going to happen? <laughs> what's happening? What's going on? <laughs> oh my gosh. I had a moment in a restaurant the other night. <laughs> oh. We went out to dinner and I don't like to sit at tables. I like booths. Mm-hmm. The only thing that was available was a table in the middle of this room, like with booths all around it, which really makes me uncomfortable. I don't like not knowing what's behind me. I've got a whole protective sure. thing that goes on there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'm already sitting there complaining about that. And my husband's like, I've got your back. I'm watching your back. I'm like, it's not the point. I don't, I'm not comfortable. I don't, I don't like this. Anyway, so we're, we're waiting for our food and this family comes in and they've got, <laughs> they've got two little kids. I don't know how old this little boy was. He must've been maybe two, maybe three. He had, the loudest piercing scream <laughs> you've ever heard. <laughs> like oh decibels like dogs could only hear. <laughs> yeah, that's if not, only. That's not good. That's it's not, not good. good. It's not good. It's no good. So when he first came in, he yelled or he screeched like that <laughs> when he first walked in the door. And he was far enough away from me that I was just like, wow. And I kind of looked around my husband. And my husband, of course, is majority deaf, wears hearing aids, looks at me and goes, what the hell was that? <laughs> 
And I go, shit, it was a family that just walked in and a little kid. He's like, oh, good. And then they sat down right next to us. My husband's like, oh, my God. It's like the crying baby on the plane. It's the whole deal. And I'm like, all right, so we need to be nice. You know, and so we're sitting there and we're eating. And this kid let out a scream. Like, it wasn't just me. Everybody around us, but I, I cursed out loud. I went, God damn. I screamed really loud. I jumped like a Whoa. foot out of my chair. <laughs> Three other people visible to me all was like, oh my God. And the dad, the dad's like, Green! he starts across the table. Then he stops. He looks, he's, I'm sorry. And then he's like, get over here. And he grabs the kid. And I'm like, oh. I've never said anything out loud, like in that situation before. It just startled me so badly. Like I couldn't even attempt to hide it. It was, mm-hmm. it was that loud. But I was like, see, this is why I don't belong in the middle of the room. <laughs> Too many people can see me react. Like that. <laughs> anyway. Well, you know, sometimes <laughs> off. We, Way we, off have the topic. <laughs> we have strong reactions to things. I mean, and you know. It's, it's good yeah, to try but... to have those reactions not offend people, generally speaking. <laughs> to, we I met. Mean, <laughs> you do have a pretty uh, strong personality. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> you I see, think Clay I told me this morning I scare him. I'm like, oh, why do people say that? Well, <clears throat> you are a bodybuilder. And you oh, are big deal. soon to be a published author. I mean, I think you can call yourself a published author now. Not I mean, really. most of the it people hasn't been that, published yet. <laughs> most of the people in that circle have not published. And why is that material. scary, though? Why is that scary? Well, I don't know if I'd call it scary. He said I, scary. I think the, well, I think the bodybuilding probably is the scary eh. part. But I'm nowhere the, near I think I think that the uh, the book part is probably just more intimidating. Uh, okay. I have I been mean, told I'm intimidating. To which I, mean, I, I laugh and see say, you at the gym. <laughs> I'm back to nobody talking to me in the gym again. It's really disappointing. Like, because everybody seems to know. I mean, you know, you catch people, the same people's eye over and over, and they kind of give you the head right. nod or whatever. But like, they all talk to each other and everything. Nobody talks to me. And I'm like, like, do I smell? <laughs> Resting bitch face? I mean, what's going on? <laughs> exactly what is happening? <laughs> so, oh, well, it is what I it is. Know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what are we talking about today? Uh, no, 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 no. That does not count as a mental minute. Oh, forgot. Why not? No, it does not. I need to hear about your week. How are <laughs> you doing? Uh, I'm tired. Uh, my food's all messed up. As in, there's not enough of it. And I live at the gym. I have six weeks yeah, to go. No for this first show and everything on me hurts at the moment. Mm. And as soon as we're done here, I'm going to the gym. <laughs> Does, okay. So serious question for someone who doesn't work out. If like you're hurting, mm-hmm. right? Because of exercise mm-hmm. and you're hurting because of being at the gym, does going to the gym help or does that make it worse? Sometimes it helps. I mean, it, I don't work the same body part back to back ever. So, but the funny thing was last night was, um, like glutes and hamstrings. So it's a leg day, but I had a leg day on Monday that was quad focused. My legs Mm -hmm. last night were still sore from Monday. Uh, cause I really worked my ass off on Monday. And so the workout last night was uncomfortable 
because I still had residual soreness. Um, but I woke up today with no soreness. So I think it actually is helpful. It just depends. Everybody's different. You know, you got to know what you can do and what you can't. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this on one of the shows, but I went on a date a few weeks ago. You did? See, now where I the did. hell is this in our middle minute? What? I didn't hear any about this in our middle minute. Well, I don't. You're so holding I out. went on a date. Okay, I went on a date. And um, the date was, let's go on a hike. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's like not a big deal. I was like, that that sounds fun. fun. Well, Sure. You know, I'll, I'll do that. And so he, we went to uh, Creepcore Lake here in St. Louis, in St. Louis County. And turns out he wanted to walk around the entire lake, which happens to be anywhere between three to five miles. Now, I had not prepared for this. I did not stretch for this. I didn't even really realize how long the trail was before we got started. I couldn't walk for like a week after that. And all it was was a slow walk. Like three or five miles, but I could not. Could I kid you not? I was in so like I couldn't bend my legs. They were in so much pain. And do you think I wanted to go walk more? Heck no. <laughs> this is why you need no. to do these things more often. Oh, is that three to five is miles is a warm up? <laughs> well, it put me it put me down. So oh, okay. it's a, see that's why you need to do it more. Up, What's a warm-up to you is a regular workout to me. Well, so there you it, are. It, it wouldn't be a warm-up to me now because I haven't been hiking in a while. This whole last year, I did not hike uh, very much at all. But previous years, I hiked a lot. I was up to 15, no, more than that, 20 miles a week. And hmm. I had a, a hiking partner and, um, and her mom, actually. We used to hike every Sunday. We'd do 12 and 13 miles on a Sunday. Whoa. We decided we decided one time that we had a certain trail that we wanted to do, and it was a, a 21-mile trail, and we did it on a Sunday. We just got up before the crack of dawn and started, and we didn't get done until in the evening, but we did the 21 miles in one day. So that a three- to five-miler then would have been a warm-up, but that's been several years ago. So yeah, it would hurt me now a lot. All I, all I know is I was in a lot of pain. And it was not worth it. But <laughs> so the date was a no go, huh? I mean, he's a nice guy, and I I would go on another date with Just him. Just not a hike. <laughs> probably not a hike. <sighs> he also hasn't really been reaching out to me much. Like it always feels like I'm the one initiating, mm. and I'm just getting really. Maybe he's like, this guy that. can't hike. What the hell? No, well, he had no he had no <laughs> evidence of that. I didn't let any of that oh, out. Oh, okay. You, you didn't like he knew complain out loud. Walked. Okay. Oh, you suffered not. in silence. No. Yes. And it didn't hurt when I was doing the hike. It hurt the next morning. Yeah, after when I couldn't get out right, of bed. Right. And I was like, holy cow. I had no idea a walk could do this to me. Oh yeah. But I will it's... say this. There were a lot of attractive men on that trail. Which makes me want <laughs> Maybe to Maybe that's back. why he hasn't called you. Maybe it's because he noticed you were checking out other guys <laughs> while on a makes date with me him. Wanna go, uh, it makes me want to go back. But yeah, there were a lot of men with shirts off and really tight short shorts running <laughs> past us, which made it well, see, quite entertaining. This is why you should spend time in the gym. No. <laughs> I don't want to die of COVID. You're going into an enclosed space with lots of people in the midst of a pandemic. Which I've been doing every day for months and months and months. 
I'm very clean. I clean everything before and after I use it. I don't stay around people. I'm very smart about everything I do. So I think that's just your excuse for not wanting to go to the gym. But anyway, I digress. We should actually probably talk about what we're supposed to be talking about. What did we call this episode? Did God deconstruct? Did God deconstruct. But let's, before <laughs> before we do that, before we do that, because I kind of feel like this episode's kind of like, it's just kind of like it's free fall. Oh. Uh, but let's, <laughs> it feels oh, Okay. <laughs> but let's, let's talk about what we've been doing for the month of September. Okay. And for the month of September, we have been working on a series called... Under Deconstruction. It's actually under, under construction. construction. I wanted it to be under deconstruction. Well, you should have spoken. I know, I know, like, I know. I can't. I give wave my arms. In all of these discussions. <laughs> I asked. I know. You were like, oh, that's great. You're like, yeah, that's great. Whatever. No, it's fine. It was so, just later I went, oh, this would have been even better. Whatever. It is so what we're, it is. We had a series. We're in the midst of a series called Under Construction. And this is our last episode. Yep. This is the last episode in the series. And we've been talking about deconstruction. Right. Yes? Yes. What, what about deconstruction? Well, we did a brief overview of basically the phenomenon or the process that a lot of people seem to be experiencing. We've talked a little bit about the effect that that has had on our relationships and not not just with one another, but with our families, uh, maybe even with God, although we're going to get a little more into that today. What was the other one? Because there's been three. We did an overview. What was it, Seth? We did. We did. <laughs> we did an overview. <laughs> we did relationships. I said those. And now we're doing God. But there was another one. <laughs> It'll come to us. We uh, the, the second episode was called Fearing the there Gray. There we go. And we talked about why people have difficulty changing Right. Cognitive dissonance, confirmation bias, naive realism, all those fun little psychological terms. For the month of August, we talked about the stages of power. Yes. And we looked at those stages in relationship to deconstruction. Mm -hmm. And... As we went into September, we were really wanting to unpack deconstruction outside of religious deconstruction. And yet, we're still stuck here in we are, religion. final episode, <laughs> we're still stuck in religious deconstruction. So as much as we wanted to look at this from a big picture perspective, it's think, always again, through the... I, I think, it's again, it's all subjective. Everybody's going to handle this differently. And the greater majority of people, their experience with deconstruction is religious in nature. So I don't know that that's a bad thing. I just think that we should be able to talk about and recognize that it can be bigger than that. It can be more than just your mm -hmm. ideas of God. And we have discussed that. It's just that tonight is about talking about God. So we're right back in the religious nature of it or the spiritual nature, if you will. I mean, those are different, but I mean, it's all about our views of God. It's all about how we were taught to look at him, how he supposedly relates to us. Mm -hmm. And and how does that change in this process? So I don't know. Did, did it change for you? I mean, you've had a pretty tumultuous time anyway, trying to deal with yourself and trying to understand how that fit in with the idea of God, what you were taught. Problem is that I'm still at the wall. Yeah. <laughs> from our last <laughs> <Right>. series. <laughs> and so when we talk about religious deconstruction and we start talking about questioning God, so I, I want to just 
I want to take one. I want to make one clarification because deconstructing God does not necessarily mean deconstructing God's existence. I think when we talk about deconstructing God, it can be a lot of things in regards to our opinions about God, sure. in regards to our viewpoints of God, in regards to the things that we were taught about God, right? Right. Um, so often we've been taught that God is a very angry person and that, you know, he's there, he's a rule maker in a, and he... <laughs> You're making violent motions here. <laughs> yes, the whip. The whip. What, is, what do you call that? A whip. <laughs> you do something with the whip. Yeah, he's you know he's a he's he's all about being being right and and God and yeah. we are mere mortals that have to follow his rules and that he doesn't really have much compassion. Right. Um, a lot of people have been have been raised to believe and and think of God that way. And there's other ways of thinking about God. So even that in and of itself could be deconstructed. So it's not necessarily even saying God's existence. So if we're going to talk about where am I at, I still fully believe in God. And I want to make that very clear. People, and there's nothing wrong if you're questioning the existence of God. I'm just talking about me personally. Mm -hmm. I am not yet to a place where I can say that God does not exist. Well, and even using the word yet insinuates that you might get there and you may not. That may not, that may never be your experience. So, I mean, just to clarify, uh, that's not everybody's experience. It is some people's experience. And I think that that's a very scary place for people to anticipate. If you're not there, it's a, it's a scary place to anticipate because of course you've always been, brought up to believe or taught to believe in your adulthood that if you don't have this relationship with God, then hell is your eternal, you know, your eternal destination. And so there's, there's so much fear that goes into this idea of not believing in God. So the idea of being even at a place to question God suddenly seems incredibly frightening. And so most people, I pushed Mm -hmm. back at that. I mean, when it was suggested to me, I pushed back and said, that's never going to be me. Because at that time, I literally couldn't make the connection that I would ever think that. Things have changed. And I understand that, that a little better now. Uh, and I have to deal with that mindset now. So it's, I don't want anybody to walk away feeling as though where they stand on believing in God or what they believe about God is, is the be-all, end-all correct thing. We're all just trying to figure this out. You know, and, and I have to believe, and I'm going to use a conditional term here. If God exists, he has to be way better than I think he is. And he has to understand that this is something that we're wrestling with. It's not that we've just thrown our hands up and said, I don't want to believe in you. I want nothing to do with you. It's that we are wrestling with the idea and trying to understand. And at the end of the day, trying to make sure God seems like he should seem because quite honestly, there's a lot of stuff that we've been taught about God that I find rather dis- distasteful. And I certainly wouldn't treat my children that way. Yeah, well, you're also not God. Oh, I've heard. So, <laughs> as much as, <laughs> much as we want to be like, I wouldn't do that. Well, we're also, you know, his ways are oh, higher than our ways. Oh, don't throw His me. thinking is higher than our oh, thinking. Oh my God, please. I mean, it's true. No. Is it not That verse true? is taken completely out of context every time somebody uses it in this situation. I swear to God, I've had that verse thrown at me so many freaking times. And I know you just sat there and baited me so that I would throw a little hissy fit. I know you did. Look at that smile on your face. So you're going to get a little hissy fit. That verse is abused all the time by people that want to feel superior to people deconstructing. 
They want to go, oh, see, you think you know everything. Well, you're not God. God's ways are higher than your ways. Yeah, read it again. God's ways were higher than our ways as it pertained to something good, not something bad. People need to pull their heads out of their ass and read things in context. And stop using scripture as a weapon. That's ridiculous. I mean, I, I didn't General mean to use Rant, it as a weapon. It came, it came out of nowhere. I was just like, oh, his ways are higher yeah. than our ways. So, you know, we can't perceive to understand everything no, about God. No, we can't. And if we did, if we did understand everything about God, is he really God? Right? Like, I don't want my God in a well, box. Exactly. I don't want so why is it to be that we able walk to around, understand my so God. Why is it we walk around pontificating as though we do have the totality of truth on our side and everybody else is just an idiot when they ask a question? Because that's what happens. We have to have some we have to have some foundation though. Like we we have to have something to, you know, put our stake in. We have to have something that we can trust. Okay. And so I think that's why you see black and white thinking. How do you trust I think that's why you see that your version of God is the correct one? Well, that's called us versus them. I just r- rely on my community to tell oh, me what Jesus. I should believe. Isn't that how this works? Yeah, that's how it works for most of us. That's what we've done the majority of our lives. And then as soon as you step outside of the little box and you go, hold on, I have a question. Everybody turns on you. <laughs> like... You're no longer a member of the cult. Why are you not towing the line like you're supposed to? How dare you question God? Well, I do dare to question God. I do. And here's why. Because I've been taught my entire life that God will burn me in hell for eternity if I fail to recognize Jesus as my Lord and Savior or I choose not to accept it, that I, I'm lost. I, I, that's it. Game over. God gets to roast me for eternity. Well, hold hey, on, hold on. Hey. I'm not done. And then, oh, I've got, got the finger here. Hold on. <laughs> then I'm told that as a loving Christian, it is my job to love my enemies and pray for those who persecute me. So I'm held to a completely different standard than God is held to. And if I question that, God's ways are higher than my ways. Forgive me for feeling ridiculous. I mean, that's. That's just, it's ridiculous. Okay, well, you know, <laughs> let me just say this. For you, it just comes down to a matter oh. of belief, all right? Even if I believe, even if I believe, I believe all of it. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. I believe in the <laughs> Apostles' Creed. It does, the Apostles' Creed, it doesn't matter. You know, so at least Why you're on the matter? end. Why? So, because I mean, you're homosexual? For you, it's just a matter of belief. Oh. Yes. Well, yes. you chose that, right? Because for me, it doesn't matter. Like, it's impossible to be a gay, a gay Christian. Like, it doesn't matter what you believe. As long as you're gay, you're not going into the kingdom of heaven, right? Because as God said, well, not God, <laughs> the Apostle Paul, who was gay himself. But he said, you know, if if man if a man lies with a man as a man is supposed to lie with a woman, then he shall in and of it that pay the due penalty, which is death or whatever, something bullshit like that. <laughs> so like, what I'm saying is, at least for you, it's just a matter of belief, okay? Some of us have it a little bit harder. God's well, kind of got it out. Isn't it just a matter of, of choice for you? Isn't it just a matter of choice? Oh, yeah, for that's, <laughs> yeah, that's I'm so exactly. I'm sorry, you know I'm teasing. That's exactly what it you is. You know I'm teasing. <laughs> it's totally a matter of choice. I suppose, though, there that is an argument, though. Well, it's one that gets I used, I totally yes. choose 
I mean, I could totally choose, right? Because it's about the sin, not the sinner. So I could totally choose not to to act out on my homosexual behavior or homosexual thoughts, right? Which is behavior. But, you know. Well, okay. So let's well, let's pull Chris this back in. from Fade to Gray. One, <laughs> okay. one second. Chris from Fade to Gray just wanted to mention that he thought the penalty was the HIV. The HIV. Which, <laughs> the HIV. Which I suppose... Is an argument that has yeah, been used. Yeah, and if only, only gay people also got it. it if only gay people got it. See, again, that's some bullshit. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's, it's Christianity. Disease. I don't understand. Oh, anyway, that's another whole topic. <laughs> Let's not go there. Let's sorry, not. Go I, there. Sorry, I didn't mean to go there, but I. But you're you're just throwing a fit about I'm your life, you know, fit. going to hell for not no, believing. No, uh, what and I'm shit. throwing and I'm a like, fit well, about is the inconsistency that I see in the belief system as it pertains to what is expected of us and what God is allowed to do. Because I also know that the scriptures tell me that I'm supposed to look like Christ, little Christian, little Christ, right? Christian. And that God is supposed to be, or Jesus is right. supposed to be the personification of God. So my question is what happened between the old Testament and the new Testament? And that's the point of the title of the episode. Did God deconstruct? Did he go sit somewhere and decide maybe I'm not as good as I think I should be? Or maybe I need to question everything about my reality because I'm not acting appropriately. I mean, this is a guy that apparently destroyed the world and drowned everybody. Uh, he's threatening multitudes and billions of people with, with hellfire if we're all being taught correctly, uh, which, by the way, hint, hint, we're not. And so there's far too many beliefs out there for any of that. Again, I think that it comes down to the fact that we have grossly miscalculated who God is if God is there. That's my personal contention. I don't know. And what? Okay. And and great. I'm so happy you have that contention. Where the hell is that coming from? What do you mean? Based upon what? what what's where? Com- <laughs> what? I can't think. My head hurts. <laughs> where is what coming from? Where did that? Where did that come from? Where did this this idea that you think that God is somehow better? If if God exists, you think Shouldn't he's somehow he be? better. Where is that coming from? Based based upon what? Well, evidence? I mean, we're told in Scripture that he's a good God, that he is love, right? But try and try and tell somebody God is love, and that's all he is, and see what happens. See what they say. You're immediately it's immediately juxtaposed with some other, uh, you know, some other characteristic like justice. Well, just but God's a just God; he can't be around sin. Immediately, that's where it goes. So my point is, if God is all-knowing and God is all good, why doesn't God just choose to love everybody and all of that other stuff can go away? Because we have to have rules. Because man is evil. None is good. Who defined no, evil? One. We all have turned away. We've all Who turned defined away, evil? We are We are born sinful. I, I, who defined evil? Wouldn't it be God? Yeah, I suppose. So my point is, if it's in within God's power, he's all-powerful, all everywhere, all-knowing, all of these things, if he is all of that, is he incapable of saying, justice is served, I choose love? No. And yes, he is. And I honestly believe that if God exists, that's what he's God done. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He does not According change. According to whose definition? But that, that's what... I'm, 
What do you mean? I know that's what the scripture says, but I'm asking you whose opinion or whose definition of what's the same are we using? I don't know. I mean, I suppose we need to look at exactly. the, I suppose we need to look at the, the scriptural texts and actually break down the word based upon whatever language it was written in, probably Hebrew or Aramaic. Do you have the education know. for that, Seth? I have a, I have a, a uh, what do they call those? <laughs> You have concordance somewhere. Yes, very big books <laughs> that break down all of these specific words that are used in the Bible and it translates. Yeah, yeah, it's the same one that every pastor has when they're trying to sound learned in a sermon and they pull out their Greek and Hebrew and they translate one word. And Yeah, I know a point. lot of people, though, that also do that and write books about deconstruction and do the same thing. So it goes both yeah. ways. <laughs> Was that a shot? It may have been. <laughs> I'm not published no. yet, so I can say that. I... <laughs> okay, so when your turn comes, shots are coming back. No, I'm kidding. No, the whole point of this conversation, and of course, we've kind of been all over the place, and so yeah. let's rein it back in for a minute. As it pertains to deconstruction, it is not unusual for people to reach a place in which they question the nature of God. Yes. Because they've all been taught from this very Cal the majority have been taught from a very big Calvinistic viewpoint or bent, if you will, that God demands violence, that God demands sacrifice, and that Jesus is the propitiation, propitiation, and that we're all only saved because Jesus stands in front of us in the face of an angry God. I find that abhorrent. Abhorrent. Yes. For listeners who are not deeply involved in the Christian faith, can you break down Calvinism really quickly? It's uh, Well, I don't know if it's just Calvinism, but penal substitutionary atonement. In other words, God demanded a sacrifice. He de demanded a blood sacrifice to atone for sin. And for years and years and years, it was the blood of animals. But those were not holy enough, not good enough. And so when Jesus came, it was simply to become the ultimate sacrifice back to God that would then eradicate the sin of mankind. But you have to be careful with that, too, because apparently that only counts for sin's past. Oh, not sin's future. I don't know. That's been my experience. I thought what, if sin was atoned for, sin was just in totality atoned for. But that is not some people's definition. Right. What's the point of confession if we don't have to ask for forgiveness for future stuff? Well, you know, and I'm, I just noticed a comment here from Vanessa. She said, I don't want God if Jesus has to stand in front of God in order for me to be loved and accepted. I 100% agree with that, Vanessa. I don't need a God that was okay with bloodshed and killing his own child in order to purchase being okay with me. At what point does God look at me and go, yeah, you weren't worth that purchase? That's, that's the question that comes to mind. It's not about you not being worth the purchase. That's not the point. The point is God is worth the purchase. Okay. See, we, we're going to disagree. <laughs> isn't, this, isn't it all about God being great and mighty and that that, that is who we worship? Isn't, isn't this about God, not about us? Well... Isn't it also in the scripture that God, through the prophet, said, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and yet we still, every Sunday, walk into churches and celebrate the fact that God had the ultimate sacrifice. That's a legitimate concern for people that are deconstructing. They're trying to wrap their minds around this and go, wait a minute, 
There's some inconsistencies here. There's some things here that don't make sense anymore. And what they get for asking those questions is excommunicated and told they're going to hell. It happened to me. I was told multiple times I'm going to hell. I had one gentleman tell me, say, let, let me know what sulfur smells like. That was his Christian response to me saying, I just have questions. That's kind of screwed up. No, so when people, beyond. and again, and again, psychology here in, in action is when people are treated or mistreated badly by people that are supposed to care and love about them that are all about love. When you are mistreated by those same people, there's a tendency for you to go, I want nothing to do with any of it. And then you end up with a bunch of people who either identify as agnostic or atheistic now, which then again, furthers everybody else's ideas that they're all going to hell and they're beyond redemption. Instead of saying, Hey, these are people that are honestly questioning this is a mission field. If we're going to talk about a mission field, this is a mission field. Why are we not showing these people the love of God and drawing them back? The word also tells us that it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. I've not seen kindness used that way. I haven't. No, no I think it's pretty clear that the church has failed in that regard. Yeah. I mean, that's the church is supposed to be, right? The church is supposed to be the hands and feet of Christ. And yes. anymore, they are most certainly not. They only care about themselves. And it's primarily about judgment and us versus them and all that shit. And politics. And lately, politics, in which that is a whole nother subject. A whole nother discussion. subject, sorry. But, I mean, <laughs> whew, whew. I mean, first you'd have to start with Constantine and end with oh, Trump. Jesus. It'd be like a so really long story. No, my head already hurts today. So <laughs> let's not do that. No, but let's talk for a minute. Let's talk a minute for a minute about agnosticism and atheism and what that actually looks like. Because I think immediately people have these are these are buzzwords for people that they make automatic assumptions about those words or about the people that identify in those ways. Yeah, I mean, what is so? What does agnostic mean to you? I mean, when I think agnostic, I think of uh, not knowing. Okay. That it's it's not it's agnosticism is not taking a side. Okay. It's saying I don't know. Right. It's not I, declaring I atheism. It's it's not declaring atheism, and it's not declaring Christianity. But by its very definition, not knowing, I think, puts it in the athe- atheism category. I kind of view atheism as like a parent, like a like a parent group Mm -hmm. and then agnosticism is a part of it and then so is atheism now that's been a discussion that i've had with people who somewhat disagree with me but i disagree it's still okay (laughs) go why Um, agnosticism is is people that may or may not believe in god most of them actually say yeah there probably is god i just don't care one way or the other it makes no difference in my life. I, it, it's not affecting me one way or the other. If you want to believe in God, believe in God. Atheists tend to say there isn't God. There just isn't. Yeah. Uh, now, those are broad generalizations. So anybody out there, there that's identifying as agnostic or atheist, please feel free to chime in. But know that neither one of those were meant with any malice on my part. Yeah, Personally. You're so malice. Huh? You're so malice. You're so, <laughs> you're so, you're so hurtful. Keep going. I can be. Don't mess with me, Seth. <laughs> Keep going. Um, but no, I again, this is a it's an area of deconstruction that is really, really, really misunderstood and has become, again, a very big stumbling block for many people. 
as soon as somebody starts questioning as to whether they're not even saying the words, I'm not sure there is God or I don't believe in God anymore. They are automatically categorized and dismissed. And as I mentioned earlier, th that to me doesn't make sense. If your mission field is supposed to be those that don't believe that should be a go-to immediately. Do okay. Do are they always dismissed? Like, is, is that a very? I don't. You can't say always subjective. with any of it. That sounds subjective. Yeah, that sounds like there's a story there. I mean, I don't. I think that there are Christians out there that are pretty open-minded and 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 care deeply about people who don't believe. So I don't. I don't know if we can make these types I, of generalizations. Again, I would agree with you. I don't like blanket statements. I'm certainly not meaning it as a blanket statement. I'm saying that there have been many people that their experience included being dismissed and being told that they are no longer worthy of, of consideration. And again, another scripture that gets thrown at them is uh, a fool says in his heart, there is no God. So, you know, if we're going strictly by scriptural guidelines, I can see where somebody can go, yeah, well, you're a fool. But that should be the very worst thing that they say. It shouldn't be you're excommunicated, you're dismissed, I no longer have any need for you, by the way, you're going to hell. I mean, we've taken that to a whole new level. And, and that's disturbing to me. Because I fully believe, and I'm fully hopeful, that people in the process of deconstructing their ideas of God who find themselves in this place of either being very agnostic or atheistic find that it's not an end place for them. It's not a place where this is the be all end all of it. This is the end of my journey. A lot of times that's a stopping point for a while because they're trying to detox from all the shit that has been poured on them their whole life as it pertains to religious thought. And they're trying to make sense of who they are now. And we've talked about this. That was another area that, uh, that we had discussed previously in one of the series, that identity, that it's so wrapped up in that Christian belief system that when we question that belief system, we have to step outside of it. And now we get to decide who we are. And so for a while, you do separate yourself from the idea of God so that you can decide who you are outside of the expectations. That, that's my experience. I, I needed a mental break. I couldn't go on anymore for a while. I needed to understand myself a lot better. So I've tried to deconstruct this. I have attempted and I don't go to church. I don't read my Bible. I do host several podcasts uh, where I talk <laughs> about God all the time. Um, but even though I'm not actively reading the Bible, and even though I'm not going to church and haven't been to church in a very long time, I still feel a connection. Okay, that's fine. And I don't know. Well, maybe connection is the wrong word. To, to church or to God? To God. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how to stop believing. Nobody I said you should, Seth. Well, I, well, at times I think that I should. <laughs> If I look at if I look at the trajectory of my life and I look at uh, my sexuality and I look at what the church is doing and I look at Christianity as I know it, I mean, eh, I, I probably should, and and to some extent, I want to, I want to, I want to not believe, I want to be free, but I don't know how to be, I don't know how to do that, 
And so I want to talk more about your experience in this regard, not saying that you've deconstructed your belief of God, but I know you've done a lot of time out of mental thinking on this. And, And where has that put you? How have you progressed from feeling secure, safe in your faith to now wherever you might well first of all that's a very large assumption i never felt safe in my faith not one time in my life Mm. well then i apologize no no no. and and i i'm just saying i'm not chastising you for that i'm just saying that that there's an assumption that people that have a belief system or a relationship with god feel secure and from my personal experience i can tell you that i never one time felt secure in my life I was all about still having to try and please God every day to commiserate with what God wanted me to do so that, that I was found acceptable. I I fully believed in that verse of work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And, And I lived every day at the end of the day, wondering if I had been good enough that day, that if at the end of the day, God was still going to look at me and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And I can tell you there was not one time ever, ever, ever that I found myself approved. So there was no safety for me in my belief system. There was just a lot of rules and a lot of work. And then when I was told, and I'm sorry, it makes me angry and it makes me emotional. I was told, you need to learn what grace is. And when I learned what grace was, when I started questioning what grace was, then I was told I was no longer acceptable. So there's not been one day that I felt safe or secure in my knowledge of God. So when I say early on thinking about God not being there, it was terrifying to me. I really do have to kind of laugh at that a little bit and think back and go, but was it? Because how much different was it than what you were feeling then? I mean, people people throw the word hell at me now and I'm like, okay. But that's no different than what I was constantly afraid of when I was younger all the way up through. I still was constantly afraid of those things. And why? Because I was taught that God was angry, that God was a vindictive God, that God demanded justice. And quite honestly, the version of love that was expressed to me as it pertained to God was scary. And so uh, love was warped. God was warped. Everything was warped. And so that's why it frustrates me and angers me so much now when people have a hard time with somebody taking a step back and going, I can't do any of that right now because that is so messed up. That has been so abusive for so long that I have to step back and let myself scab over for a little while so that I can try and make sense of it all. Do I have a hope that at some point God is there at the end? Yeah, I do. But he better look a whole lot better than what he's looked my whole life or what's the point? That's my personal experience. That's, those are my emotions and my feelings. They're not everybody's. But I have heard a lot of people say a lot of the same things. And so for a while you sit in this place of not knowing and not caring because it just feels a little more peaceful. And that was the other thing. As soon as I said, I don't know, I can't fix this anymore. I I just have to step out of it. I felt peaceful for the first time. And do you know what I was told? Any guesses? Uh, That's probably a result of, of your sin. That the devil has no need to bother me anymore. (sighs) 
Oh yeah, that'll get used. And my response to that was in my sassy, bitchy little way. Well, I was always taught that God was the author of peace. And if I didn't have any peace while I was following God and I've got it now, I'm just going to throw my hands up and say, I'm good with now because now feels a whole lot better than it used to feel. See, I can't, I can't. And you don't have to Seth. This is my experience, but, 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 not yours. But, 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 but Michelle, you don't understand. I 100% feel everything you're saying. And I have been so hurt by the church and specifically by, I've been hurt by God, but specifically I've been hurt by the church. I know. And I have put the pause button. I hit it and I haven't pressed play. And so when I, when I say I can't do what you're saying, it's not uh, like, oh, I'm not trying to be you. I, 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 I'm where you are, but you're putting, you're using words I can't say okay. It's okay. yet. Um, and, and I, why did, why the hell? And I'm sorry. And I, this is going to go off topic, but why the <laughs> hell did God change from the old Testament to the new Testament? What happened there? What, 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 what occurred? Because did God change? I don't believe God changed. I believe that we were completely wrong in how we saw God that the people who wrote in that time and lived in that time were, were victims of their own culture, which was, uh, you know, poly, uh, polytheistic. It was violent. It was bent on sacrifice. That was the mythology of the time. And because of that, they saw God through that lens and they're the ones that wrote the story. And so we've been presented with this very mythological viewpoint of God. And then all of a sudden, we find that God is supposed to look like Jesus. And Jesus is a completely different thing. I don't think God changed because I'm not a Marcionite. I don't believe God changed. I believe that we fucked it up talking about him. 100% were people are the ones that got God wrong. And that's why to this day, and I think I've said this to you before, either God has been misrepresented all of this time or he does not exist because I cannot believe in a God that would look like that. I can't do it anymore. So where are you? At the moment, at the moment I have periods of time in which I find myself wanting to revert back to old habits. I want to pray. And then I feel almost silly praying when I have very stressful things in my life that I would have prayed about before. Even if I feel like I'm going to pray, then I feel like, how dare you? There are people in the world that are so much worse off than you. Why should God listen to you and not them? Um, so I end up vacillating all over on that. I end up praying and what I end up doing for the first five minutes is apologizing for not praying more. You know what I'm <laughs> yes. saying? It's kind of it, like my prayers anymore are God. Um, hey, hey, how um, are you? No, long time. Yeah, no see. Yeah, <laughs> you haven't heard from me in a really long time. 
<laughs> and I totally have not done what I should have done. And, and, and I understand that I am not deserving of you listening. And I know I'm not deserving of you doing anything f- uh, for me, but this, this is where I am. And, and so before I can say anything, God, please forgive me for being gay. Uh, God, please forgive me for all of the sins that I have done. Like, I feel as if I have to like somehow clean my slate first before I can even get there because there, I, I hit the pause button and, and it, it's been a while. For me as well. It's been a good while. And I don't think that my life is better. I mean, I I know you mentioned that like when you hit the pause button, you felt better. I I have not felt that, but I also don't feel worse. It's like I'm just, I'm in a, I'm in a, like a holding pattern. pattern. I was just going to say the same thing. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm in. Uh, what do they call that? Purgatory? Like that's you Maybe know that, that waiting that's what period. Purgatory is. <laughs> that's where I feel I am, and and I don't like it, and I I don't know how. I, I really truly. I mean, we did an entire series talking about the stages of power and related it to deconstruction, and it it laid out this beautiful this beautiful path that you can. I mean, again, we don't follow it; it happens to us. But you know what right. I mean. There's there's a path, right. and I. I can't, I can't go down the path. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm, I'm stuck. So let's see, this is, you know, in talking about, in talking about deconstructing God, there's just so much involved in this. Well, I mean, the entire subject matter in and of itself, there's so much involved in it. And because each one of us is different, we experience it differently. It, it's just exponentially so much information. And, yeah. and that's why my contention of, of this process is that it is grief, that each one of us is experiencing grief. And so we're going through those moments of, you know, righteous anger at what we've misunderstood or how we've been misunderstood, uh, a God that may not be what we think he should be, you know, at our own failures, whatever they may be. Then we go through despair, you know, this depression, this depressive state in which, there's almost no point in anymore of going on, you know, and, and there's all these different stages that we're going through that pertain to the idea of grief. And every one of them is valid. And every single one of us experiencing them in our own way is valid. And the problem is, is that we have tried to, because we do this with everything. We've, we've tried to systematize something, even down to religion. We've systematized their check the box things that we do in religion and so when we step out of that very rigid environment, there's a feeling of disconnect. And so we're out here not knowing what to do. We're trying to find our equilibrium again. And I really feel like that's kind of where you are, is that, that you're out here like, I, I don't know what to do or to think anymore. I still have this big hope and I still have this desire for this kind of relationship for acceptance, because I know that's what it is for you. So you're looking for that acceptance so much and you're not finding it. And and so it's that feeling of floating on your own and going, who am I? Where am I? What am I doing? But that's the exact same thing the rest of us are feeling. It's just from a different perspective. That's what this whole thing is. You know, it's, it's devastating. It's invigorating. It's angering. It's it's everything we can imagine. It's all of it. There's just, there's so many things I want to believe, but I don't, (laughs) 
I want to believe that God is love. I want to believe that there's not a hell. I want to believe that gays are okay. I want to believe that God has a, a plan, a purpose, and a vision. I want to believe all of these things. I want to believe you know, that, that it's all about community and that really, truly living out Christ's message is the best way forward. I want to believe that God's path and his vision of love is what we need in this world, in this society. Like, I believe all that. I want to believe all that right. shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to believe all that shit. I want to believe it. But I can't. But. Like, I can't. But that's, it's your process. Yeah. And you're, you're going through it. You just, ha- and that's, again, that's the other thing that I'm very, very adamant about is each one of us needs to be free to go through this at our own pace and in our own way. That's why it bothers me when people have decided, well, you've done this long enough. That's not your place. You've grieved long enough. That's not your place. You've been angry. You've, you've questioned, you've asked too many questions as though there's some kind of limit, you know, and how come nobody looks at this as, you know, as wrestling with your salvation? How many, how come nobody looks at it this way? This is very real Jacob. Was it Jacob that wrestled with God? It was Jacob that wrestled with God, right? Yes. How come nobody looks at that yeah. and goes, oh, you're having that Jacob experience. How come they just write it off as, as wrong instead of just saying, okay, I commend you for really working this out. Like being honest enough with yourself to work it out. But what didn't Jacob just fight with God like for like an hour? It was overnight, I think. I mean, uh, you know, according okay, to whoever told us that. <laughs> Today. He also walked away with a permanent mark or a, a permanent limp. And I really feel like this process provides that to us as well. There, there are scars that go along with this that, and injuries that go along with it that will probably stay with us, you know? And that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that it's a part of the process, a part of living, a part of wrestling, a part of figuring it out. I mean, you know, there's, you know, have you ever seen, I can't remember the exact wording, but it's, there's a meme that some kind of meme that says, when I die, I don't want to look all pristine and everything. I want to, I want to slide in looking like, (laughs) that's what I want. I want to know that I have lived this life because for so many years I did nothing but exist and hope I was good enough for some, something I may never understand in the future. And instead right now I'm like, live it all right now. Leave every single bit of it on the field because this is our shot. This is what we get. We don't know what else is out there. We don't know what else comes. Right. We have, we have no, we have no no clue. And, and the Bible doesn't help. And I have to believe that God, in what I believe is his infinite mercy, knows that we're going through this and is standing there with his hand out waiting. I believe that. If I believe in God, I believe he's standing there with his hand out waiting and saying, I'm right here. I have never left. Never. I, I want to believe in a God that says, give me your worst. Give me every." question you've got give me every doubt give me every fear throw it all at me scream at me rage at me give me everything you've got because i'm not moving because that's what god is supposed to look like and if he can't look like that what's the point well who's to say that he can't look like that the way i was raised to believe in him doesn't look like that he's very conditional well he is conditional based upon our belief system based upon the bible 
but but if we start deconstructing this, right? If we start deconstructing that the Bible is not the end all be all, if we start deconstructing the Bible to understand that there are errors and that this was a book written by freaking men and passed down for two, three thousand years, like, hmm, hmm, maybe the accuracy, maybe, you know, maybe it isn't all there. If we start to deconstruct that, then maybe we can start to reevaluate and redefine who God is. Theoretically. The only issue is I want to do that, but I've, I've spent so much of my life banking my belief system and my security on like the church's belief and i banked it on biblical text and i based it upon the opinions of others and as i start to deconstruct this i have to find and determine this for myself and i have not learned or ever been taught to really use my faith that way it's always been a personal relationship with jesus but backed by the church scripture and right. tradition and and really we're we're unpacking all of that and so then what the hell are you right. left with and so i mean shouldn't we be able to reformulate that for ourselves theoretically yeah i because in my understanding we all have the same holy spirit it's supposed to be the same holy spirit that was with christ or that came after christ at pentecost right so why do I need all of that stuff? Why can I not trust myself to hear God? Why am I not supposed to trust the Holy Spirit to be able to speak directly to me and guide me without somebody else, some system, some person, some book being involved in that process? Well, I think it comes down to power well, and control. Yeah. But it's a good point. I'll tell you, honestly, I mean, this is a very difficult subject. It's an emotional subject, and it's it's upsetting because we just can't know. And so certainty's out the window. And so instead, we have to we have to muddle through this process, which is why I have made a public proclamation before that I hold no one accountable that says, I've had enough, I have to stop. I, ha- I have to stop. I commend them for that because they understand their own mental health there because this can drive you crazy. This can make you feel mentally unbalanced. And I mean, I've gone all the way from my thinking of maybe this is just a midlife crisis to maybe I have a personality disorder. I mean, I've had the run of the spectrum of what, what I may be experiencing And at the end of the day, I keep coming back to maybe I'm just being a human being. Faults and all, questions and all. And I don't know how to be anything else other than that. I mean, if God is real, if God is love, he accepts you 100% based in that. That's my my point. That is literally my point. Like, if God is who he's supposed to be, then all of this should not be a problem. See, my problem, my problem. I'm so sorry, but I'm going to mention this, and it's sad because we've, I've mentioned it in almost every series <laughs> we've talked about. So it's kind, of like, it's kind of like, you know, talking about my mental health. It's like it's... Spit it it's out. Just, it's Do like it. a, a broke, it's a broken tape. But... I care far too much what other people think we about all do. me. Specifically, <laughs> specifically my family and my my family tradition of faith. And so like even in all of this, I as we're having this conversation, 
I have people in my family that have like been, as you've been talking, they've just been flashing in my mind. And I'm like, oh, I hope they don't watch this live stream. Um, you, know, you can blame thinking, it all on what me. What would they you can think? Blame it all on me. What what would they think if they knew that at times I question my salvation? What would they think if I question God's love for me? And I'm like, well, listen to your own pastor. Um, but, you know, that's or read your own biblical text. You might understand why I feel this way. But I don't know. I just you think you're the I, only one sitting here that's all, wondering all, that. Like, a, do you know how many people have gone through my mind, too, as we're sitting here on a Facebook Live? Like, I'm like, oh, crap. You know, how many people that I went to church with over the years? or that know me, you know, are sitting here listening to this and, and listening to me publicly question. But, and this is not going to be your experience, but it's mine. So I'm speaking solely from my experience. None of those people have bothered to reach out and check and see if I'm okay. So I really don't give a shit at this point. I just don't. I'm just going to say what I think and feel. And if somebody doesn't like it, then they can continue to ignore me like they've been doing. They're pretty good at it, aren't they? Apparently. Unfortunately, I don't have a nice bow. No, for there this, is no for bow for this. And, and I and 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 I feel bad because Michelle, I've let you do most of the talking on this because you truthfully wrote a book on deconstruction, and I feel like you have a lot to say in this area. For me, I'm just stuck, so it's kind of like I don't have much to yeah, say. It's kind of like, eh. But I, I don't know how to. I don't know how to tie this up in a nice little bow and and make this all nice and neat. And I don't think we can. I don't think we can either. And and not, it's not even just this, but it ties up the entire series because we're at the end of our month on it. Uh, the only thing I can think of to say is you're okay. You're not, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. You're not lost. You're not deceived. You're none of those things. You are a human being having a human experience of asking questions and that's okay. None of us are going to do this right. None of us are going to do it perfectly because there is no standard for doing this. This just is. So if you're sitting here questioning yourself, if you're sitting here freaking out thinking I'm a broken person, like Seth is sitting there thinking I already know, you're not. You are okay. And we all are going to be better for this process regardless of whatever level of this process you have experienced, you're going to be better for it because at the very least, you're going to understand yourself more. You're going to understand the world and people around you better. And you may even have a whole new perspective on God and that's okay. All of this is okay. That's as neatly as I can tie it up because it's just, it's nice. It's neat. It's neat. It's nice. It's put together. I like it. Yeah. And I, and I want to echo that. Michelle, you are okay. You're going to be yeah. okay. This is not the end. You are a human being. <laughs> Experiencing emotions is 100% normal and natural. Having questions is 100% expected. And if we serve a God that's not okay with us asking questions, we have bigger issues on exactly. our hands. So let's keep that in mind. And it's okay to be where you are. And it's okay that it's taken a several <laughs> years. It's okay if it takes several days or several months or several weeks or several years. It doesn't matter. We are all on our own right. journey. And we have to figure out how to make this okay with exactly. ourselves. And I think the first thing that we need to do is we need to acknowledge that yeah. it's okay. And that even though we struggle, we're not broken. 
man, I yeah. So <laughs> again, right now I'm saying things I don't really believe, but I think that we need to speak that over ourselves. You should say them more because often. Because the church has taught us the opposite. But anyhow, <laughs> um, this episode's kind of been all over the place. Um, it has been. But I, I, I blame me. I have a headache, so I blame me. And I honestly have had a very <laughs> stressful day, so, and and we're on Facebook Live, so it just like makes me even more anxious. So it's kind of like we're just gonna go live and see what happens. But um, I do think that a lot of important information has been shared here, specifically from Michelle. And I just want to thank you so much for listening in on this conversation. Um, if you haven't heard our our series, I, I would encourage you to go check that out. Uh, Michelle and I do share quite a bit of personal personal information, um, and and really kind of unpack this from from varying angles and varying levels. Also, I should mention that if you do support our podcast financially, um, you will receive free bonus content, information, personal information about both my life and Michelle's life that you might not be able to hear on the show. Um, anything else, Michelle, that you would like to uh, bring up before we wrap up? No, I think we should introduce the next subject matter, though, since okay. it's a new month coming up. Okay. Um, and I don't, I don't think we've got it completely worked out yet, but no. I think we have overarching what we're doing we have a do we wanna, have a topic do you announce it we have a topic which i okay so for our next <laughs> series i would like you all to know if you didn't know already that my co-host michelle collins is a bodybuilder okay and i am not i hate exercise <laughs> i am not about that life he's a hiker <laughs> i i go for a three mile hike and i can't walk for a week so you know you can see some differences uh in our lives um, but in our next series, we're going to talk about body dysmorphia. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, Michelle. Well, I mean, it's so funny because when we said this the other day, somebody was like, uh, or maybe it was somebody I was talking to, they were like, oh, yeah, I know that I struggle with how I look. And, and that's not what body dysmorphia is. Body dysmorphia is all about the inability to see yourself as you are, that you only see the negative, you know, bodily traits or whatever. So within the series, of course, what we do want to start off the series talking about is probably self-image and um, what was the other one? Self-image and, oh shoot, it just went right out of my head. Self-confidence. Self-confidence. There it was. Right out of my head. Self-image and self-confidence and then morphing into body dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. What we do, we want to talk about uh, anorexia, bulimia. So, you know, the, the multitude of eating disorders that are out there, exercise, excessive exercise. And I think we had not fully worked out where we were going after that, but we will be finalizing that because we have five Saturdays in October to play with. Uh, so we are going to be talking a little bit about um, our negative self-image, I guess. And I cannot wait to talk to Michelle about excessive exercise. Like <laughs> I am like on pins and needles. I have been waiting for this. Literally, when I brought her on as a co-host for this show, it was mentioned like as like when I was pitching like mental to Michelle, you know, this was one of her first suggestions. And so I knew it that was? it would happen within. It was. Okay. This was one of your sure. first suggestions. <laughs> um, and coincidentally enough, we're going to talk about excessive exercise. So I am I am just so stoked because See, I am me, all about that life. That. <laughs> That makes it sound like you've already pinned me into somebody who exercises excessively as opposed to having a goal and working towards it. They're different. 
I haven't <laughs> pigeonholed you into anything. It's just funny because it's fun okay. because you're a bodybuilder. You go to okay. the gym twice a twice a day. Right every now, day. twice a day. Right now, not always. <laughs> well, as long as I have known you, it seemed like that. But anyhow, that is going to be our next true. series. <laughs> I. That our next series is on body dysmorphia. We're pretty stoked about it. It is going to be a change up um, in that we're not going to be talking deconstruction, which we really have been doing for the last two two months. And so, pretty um, much from the beginning, to be honest. Pretty pretty much, <laughs> we've talked deconstruction since we've started. So this is going to be a little bit of a shift and. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But again, I uh, just kind of throwing out, um, if you are interested in our show and want to support us financially, you can get bonus content. And there is a story out there right now that is out bonus content for our patrons uh, about Michelle and her story. And it is so powerful so and so impactful. Um, I would very much encourage checking it out. And also we have uh, merch, uh, Store Frontier backslash FTG Network. Um, we've got a sweatshirt that's pretty cool. Uh, Michelle even owns. I wore it the other day. She wore it. It was awesome. She even <laughs> poloed me with it. I was like, "That is awesome to see myself on a car- like know, see right? a cartoon, see a cartoon picture of me on a sweatshirt." I'm like, "That's awesome." Oh. <laughs> I know. I was terribly excited about it. <laughs> pretty stoked. But anything else, Michelle? We should uh, mention before we wrap up. No, we should probably tell people where they can find the podcast. But <laughs> so. I mean, if you do want to listen to our show, um, you can check us out. Um, we, uh, Our show is called Mental Podcast. You can search Mental Podcast on almost any podcast app and find us. If you are interested, though, we are also a part of the Faith Gray Network. And so you can also search FTG Network and you would be able to catch our shows as well as a whole variety of other shows on the network. And that, that network is always looking to expand. So... Please feel free to check that out if you're interested. And um, next time we'll be back. Body dysmorphia. We conquer cancer. For the mom-to-be who is out of treatment options. For the doctor who has a brilliant idea but needs research funding. For the people who faced cancer head-on and climbed incredible heights while they were with us. For the children who celebrate the end of chemo. We conquer cancer for all who have been touched by it. Conquer Cancer accelerates breakthroughs in research and care for every cancer, every patient, everywhere. Join us at conquer.org. Get more for your money this Thanksgiving at Meyer. Set the table with Meyer Grade A frozen turkey for 55 cents per pound, limit two. Then save with everyday low prices on sides like Meyer Frozen Steamable Sweet Corn and Meyer Cream of Mushroom Soup, a five-pound bag of russet potatoes for 99 cents, and Pillsbury Crescents and Pie Crust. Buy three, get two free. Plus, get the same low Meyer prices no matter how you shop, in-store or online. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app.